Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Same ground, different sound. You're on homo ground. This is Scantron with episode 256. Just a few updates. We launched a new website, so head over to homoground.com to check it out. We're still in the process of updating it, but I'll talk more about the updates on that. Plus, we're reopening submissions, so stick around to the end of this episode where I'll go into more detail on how you can apply to be featured on Homoground. To receive the most latest updates about Homoground, the best place to do that is on our Patreon at patreon.com homoground. This episode features Brooklyn-based singer-songwriter Milo Choi. The interview was conducted by Maya McDonald, who also produced this episode. Hope you enjoy. Hello, I'm Milo Choi. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Most of my career has been working with youth and making art and music, and they seem different, but a lot of them are the same because all of it is about how people feel. This EP, Night is Like the Ocean, was recorded upstate in uh, Livingston Manor, New York. A friend of a friend um, is the engineer and producer on it, and I've worked with him several times, and first with my uh, old band, Small Talk, and just really liked his vibe. And also, the recording studio is is this house that has windows all the way around, and you can see the snow, and winter is such a great time to record because you really can't do much else. And um, so I just always like working with him. And it's really nice to work with someone where you could ask someone their honest opinion and they'll tell you and they'll always go with your decision at the end of the day because I have such a control freak, especially when it comes to art things. I think because it's so personal, um, I'd like to get to a point where I'm a little more collaborative. I think that's something I could definitely grow on because I see collaborations. I see bands that are doing great things. And I'm like, I really have to emotionally do some work to get there, I think. So now I'm at the point where I basically am like, I have a thing. If you want to play on it, I can tell you exactly. I write all the bass parts. I'm like, it's exactly like this, you know, it's and well, I think it's uh, I mean, part of it is quality control, which makes sense. I think also part of it 
is that um, there are many right answers to something like a baseline or a harmony. And at the same time, those right answers create a different feeling. And no one knows the exact feeling I was going for except me, which sounds very self-involved. But I think that's sort of what a solo music project allows you to do and what um, I like about it. Um, I think that and I haven't fully expressed all the things that I I want yet. And until I get to the point where I can clearly communicate that vision to other people, it's really hard to get have people cre- create that on their own. I think if I'm at a point where I'm making something where I feel like the vision is coming across extremely clearly, then people I collaborate with already understand what that is. But because I'm just not there with the clarity yet, I gotta have to be controlling. <laughs>
my first album, which was called Delta and was released under just Milo, M-Y-L-O, and not Milo Choi. Um, that album was a bunch of songs I'd written over a number of years and was from a time in my life where, like, um, I was pretty reflective, but I wasn't going through that much personally. Um, but then during the recording of that, I was going through a lot personally, but, you know, the songs are already written. But then the songs on this EP were written during a time where I was going through a lot personally. And so it has like quite a different feel. And one of the things that was important to me in general with the sound and kind of, I guess in general as a person <laughs> is that it's okay to be sad and reflective. And I never want to feel stuck in that. I want to, f- I don't want to feel like I'm dwelling unnecessarily and I wouldn't want a song. I mean, right now, I mean, you always want the option to do anything you say you might not do. So I may very well write dwelling music in the future, but where I'm at right now is like, there's a lot of things to dwell on and there's a lot of ways to get stuck. And I I want for the people listening to the music to feel like they can feel the emotions and feel sadness and not be stuck there and feel like there's hope and nuance and opportunities ahead. Um, And I think a lot of the songs, you know, they're kind of all at this medium pace and they're kind of sad, but not completely. And there's this sort of balancing act that's happening the entire time. Um, I think also uh, being raised in a Buddhist family has a big impact on how I process feelings and this sort of thing that like death is natural and sickness and death and suffering are such an integral part of life. And being taught that from a really young age uh, is, you know, so many people say like, oh, your religion doesn't really matter or, you know, especially if you're not practicing regularly, like I don't go to a Zen center or anything. But what I see is that I have only one other friend who was raised Buddhist. And there's just things that are unspoken between us that are just very, you know, makes things very easy. You know, there isn't discomfort around death when we talk and that feels comforting to me. And there, there's a lot of like, you know, you can just make jokes about like the middle path or whatever, which (laughs) it's just nice to be able to joke. I think people who are raised in church like to, I don't know if they joke what they joke about, but I guess like Jesus and the burning bush or something. And, uh, you know, you just don't get to, it's like a cultural reference. It's like, um, you know, we all watch the same t- TV show so we can joke about it. And uh, I guess yeah. I didn't watch the same TV show as a lot of other people. So. <laughs> if you meet me in the middle, it brings you down. If I meet you in the middle, brings me
Today's episode is sponsored by Pride Counseling, an online talk therapy platform for the queer community. Sign up for a free trial and get matched with a therapist at 24 hours for phone, email, or video chat therapy. You don't even need to leave your house. And you're not just helping yourself, you're helping us too. Visit www.homoground.com therapy to get your free trial now. My first album, I was like... Um extraordinarily unprepared for what it really meant to record a full album. I basically was like, hey, I just decided like it's really important that I pour myself into music. And then I was like, I'm going to record a full album. But I hadn't played like one show (laughs) by myself. And it was and I was like, I'm going to make I'm going to do this whole release show and also create a CD and design all the cover art and release an animated music video. It was just really got out of hand, to be honest. And I really didn't work much that year. Um, So I've been making up for that ever since. Uh, But the process with recording, right? That's what you asked. Um, With this EP, 
I learned a lot more about preparing all the little parts that really go into producing a song. The production of the song became much more important. And, you know, on this EP, there are so many guitars. There's so many guitar parts. Um, and having multiple melody lines that aren't just the melody was a big part of like the time consuming process of, you know, making the demos and listening and listening to everything again and again. And I just think things like working on my singing more, you know, knowing how much to practice. I think with the first one, I had played everything just guitar and vocals and bass and I thought that and drums and I thought that that would be enough. And I hadn't thought of having multiple guitars because I, I was the only one playing guitar. But on this EP, I knew having been through that first process. So, so there was a point anyway to that whole first one, which is I learned a lot. And um, I I really thought ahead of time of how many guitars to have and have all those parts ready and think of actually what the atmosphere should be like. I think with the first one, I had no idea what it was going to sound like and what it was going to turn out like because I'm not a, a sound engineer and um, I don't, you know, seek to really understand the sound when I'm playing live as much as I should. So that's something that's changed more. Yeah. I haven't been playing live for the, for maybe six months and it's because I've been really thinking more about what kind of live show to do. Um, and I have a lot of different artistic interests and I'm hoping to pull them together into one kind of show. And it may include some songs from the CP, some new songs, but maybe video and drawings and storytelling and other surprises, party favors, candy. I don't know. <laughs> when I start up the mailing list again, which would hopefully be later this spring or summer, um, I always draw a comic and put it in there. I was going through a phase where I, I really want to write this graphic novel. And so I was working on my comic skills. And so I would, I made this thing to draw a comic every week. And that went on for a couple of years. So now I have like all of these comics and I got really into it, but I never did the graphic novel. Um, and I still want to do it. I think it's going to be in like four years though. I, I, I have to get um, at least this next show idea and maybe a couple albums out before I feel ready to tackle that.
I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Milo Choi, M-Y-L-O-C-H-O-Y. Um, I'm on the internet. If you just Google, you'll, you'll find me. Light sky, high flying, beating wings over almost everything. Night sky, so silent, I can hear in the dark almost everything. just heard the words and music of Milo Choi. In the order that they were played, you heard the songs All the Sun, Meet Me in the Middle, Tides, and Kalia's First Journey. The first three songs are from Milo's EP, Night is Like the Ocean, and the last song you heard was from Milo's previous album, Delta, which was released in 2017. To keep in touch with Milo and to purchase any of their albums, head over to milochoy.com, and that's spelled M-Y-L-O-C-H-O-Y.com, or head over to homoground.com slash episode 256. So yeah, we just launched a new website, and we're still in the process of adding things to it. So the main reason for switching to a new website was so that we can get a bit more organized, the Homoground email inbox had been pretty overwhelmed with uh, submissions, inquiries, releases, and stuff like that, and it got to the point where um, it really triggered my anxiety a lot, and so every time I opened my email and I saw all those emails, I would just close right out of it. But that is not practical because then I'm like, this is not in service of the podcast by me acting like this and like behaving in this way, like being triggered. The purpose of Homoground is to promote music and every time I open that inbox, I just got flushed with anxiety. Like, oh my god, there's so many people submitting and just not knowing how to proceed. Anyway, long story short, I revamped the system 
there's a whole process and it makes me feel a lot more at ease <laughs> about reopening submissions again because I had to turn them off because it was getting way too overwhelming because, you know, we're not like a, a full staff, like a startup or anything like that, even though it may seem like it from the outside. Yeah, the system is in place. If you're hearing this, then more than likely the chances are that I already sent an email to you. If you are on our waiting list and or if you are a Patreon supporter, a link to our submissions application with the password for it because it's private right now. And we're going to do the big public reopening of submissions on May 1st. But for now, for those of you who have been waiting for so long, thank you so much and I apologize. Like, it's not acceptable for emails to go unread for that long and for submissions that did come in to like just sit there for as long as they did. Um, I do apologize and I recognize that that was not in service of Homoground or what the mission is. And by that i was kind of yeah just kind of sabotaging myself because then it's like burning bridges with people um it was just a lot it was just very overwhelming but hopefully now these processes is in place and now that i do have more help with the podcast and there's more support with the patreon i feel like in a much better place to keep up with everything especially because the help is there so thank you thank you so much for everyone that you know has helped along the way is helping currently it really means a lot. Especially want to thank our Patreon supporters, Michael Bacon, Ashley Amon, Chris Lane, Willard Joyce, Brian Shields, D, Corey, Adriana Martinez, Lucenti, Queer Public Podcast, Kim Bagliri, Joseph Martin, Fernanda Delgado, Lucy, Thomas Kula, Bailey Watkins, David Adusi, and Marino Benedetto. If you want to hear your name shouted out in an episode, head over to our Patreon, and I think it's just the $5 a month level. And yeah, we'll say your name on every episode. Also, we started doing a little feature on our social media highlighting our supporters. Our first supporter spotlight, Corey, based out of Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you so much for being a longtime supporter of Homo Ground. We really appreciate you and everything that you've offered. Corey helped us come up with the same ground, different sound tagline. And Corey also printed our Homo Ground shirts, the same ground, different sound t-shirts and tank tops. Head over to homoground.com slash merch and you can see some photos of them there and you can purchase them in our store where we still have them we're still shipping them out again this episode was produced by maya mcdonald aka kid in the attic you can check out maya's music at mayamcdonald.com m-a-i-a-n-a-c-d-o-n-a-l-d.com or you can head over to homoground.com slash about just go to our about page and then we have a little team section that's new and it's very cute. So check that out. You can see the people that make up the Homoground team. So yeah, head over to homoground.com for all things Homoground and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>